new. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that we get to come here and just unpack your word and hear what you have to say to us today. And I pray that after this, God, that you will connect us so tight to yourself, that we will hear your voice, God, that we'll be able to connect other people, Lord, and see this community transformed. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So there's a few things that get my attention here in the scripture. We can go to the next slide. Number one, John sees a new heaven and a new earth. When I saw that, what's that about? What was wrong with the old one? We're going to look at that. Secondly, he sees a holy city uh, representing heaven coming down. We're going to see how that affects us. Thirdly, God now lives here. Uh, John says that God's home is now amongst his people, uh, right with us mortals. We're going to see how that affects us right now today. And then lastly, Jesus says that he's making all things new. Okay, we're going to look at what what that means to make all things new. So we're going to unpack this, apply it. And then we're going to spend some time in prayer because uh, what we've been doing the last few Sunday nights um, is spending time at the very end uh, praying for each other and inspiring each other. And that's where we're going to head. Are you good? Buckled in? Connected? Got the plan? Great, let's go. So what was on the box, right? The first thing is uh, John says that he sees this new heaven and this new earth come down in Revelation 21. Um, Why is there a new heaven and a new earth? What was wrong with the old one? To understand that, we need to go back to the very beginning of the book in Genesis, right? Where Genesis 1-1 starts with, God created the heavens and the earth. So at the very start of the book, we see God creating heaven and earth. At the very end of the book, we see God creating a new heaven and a new earth. What happened in the middle? That's my question. What happened in the middle? And to understand that, we need to go look at this thing. It says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Check this out. And the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the face of the deep. Um, formless and empty in the Hebrew is the word tohu vavohu. Everyone say tohu vavohu. Tohu vavohu. And tohu vavohu means wild and wasteful. And so in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was wild and wasteful and dark. But the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the water. Then God said, let there be light. And so God went into a wild, wasteful and dark situation and says, let there be light. When he says that, he starts creating. He creates light. He creates water and land. He fills these things up with the sun, moon, fish and animals. And then he creates humankind. And the Bible says... That in the cool of the evening, of the afternoon, God would come and he would walk in this newly created garden with these people. And so that is the picture. That's the picture that God first had built. The picture was that we would be in this place of perfection. There was no death. There was no war. There was no pain, suffering, jealousy. There was no FOMO. Uh, There was no Insta stories making you feel bad about your life. There was no anxiety and pressure to live this perfect life because everything was perfect. It was just God, His creation, and us. But then something happened. What happened was this. We stood on God's goodness. That was this one night. Uh, My son Malachi here was sick. 
and he was whimpering all night. He was waking up Abigail, my daughter, and we were waking up. We couldn't sleep. And so I thought, I better go in and just lie down with the kid and uh, see if I can calm him down. And so I woke up. It's pitch black. I can't see anything. I walk into his room, you know, and for some reason, when you're trying to be quiet, you're tiptoeing. So I'm tiptoeing into his room. And I remembered that when I put him to sleep, he had all this Lego across his floor. And it was all built and stuff. And I'm like, okay, in my mind's eye, I've got a picture where this Lego is. And so I'm walking really slowly, you know, in this dark room across his floor. And then as I put my foot down, crush, ah, I yelled out. Because who knows that stepping on Lego with bare feet hurts, right? Now there's things in life that hurt. Paper cuts, they hurt. I've been told giving birth hurts, I don't know, right? But have you ever with your bare feet stood on Lego and so down comes a foot and crush and I'm like, ah, ah, and then crush again, ah, crush, crush all the way to Malachi, ah, all the way to Malachi's room. My daughter wakes up crying, Cat wakes up, Malachi sits up in his bed wondering what's happening. I had no idea what I had just done, but I do know that I destroyed something, right? <laughs> you know, our life with God is kind of like that sometimes. See, God has this picture of your potential, a picture of what your life should be like. But when we find ourselves in dark places, we step on good things. For example, anger crushes peace. Now, I'm the chief sinner here tonight, right? I'm gonna be vulnerable, I'm gonna be vulnerable with you. There's been so many times in, in my life where I've come home from work cranky, crabby, angry, stressed, highly strung. And I've come into a home where my wife is peaceful and happy. And my kids had a great day at school and they're playing together nicely. And everyone's having a great day, a great time. My, my household is full of peace. But then dad comes in the door. And so many times I've come in and because I found myself in a dark place on the inside, the peace that was in my home, I crushed. I crushed because I was highly strung. I crushed because I was angry. And so in that dark place, I didn't really know what I was doing, but what I was doing was I was destroying peace. I was destroying things. See, because the lights weren't on on the inside. Jesus wasn't activated on the inside. See, God's first intention is that he would give us light. It's the first thing he does. He goes to a place that's wild and wasteful and dark, and he gives light. Light symbolizes transparency. It symbolizes cleanliness. It's a sign of holiness. This is the picture on the box that God first designed us for. He designed you to live a life of purity. It's in your picture to be connected. It's in the instruction manual that we would have a relationship with God. The picture is that we're set apart. You're hopeful. But when we find ourselves stumbling around in the dark things of life, we end up crushing the good things that God has for you. Anger crushes peace. Depression crushes hope. Unforgiveness crushes mental stability. Holding on to hurt crushes relationships. When we find ourselves in the dark, right, that being we're reclusive, we're unsure, we have negative reactions, that isn't the picture that God first intended for us. God took a world that was wild and wasteful and created something good. But then that good thing was then separated from God. But here's the good news tonight. 
at the end of the book, God took that thing which was made perfect, right, then was defiled, he makes it perfect again. Because you need to know that it doesn't matter where you've been in life or what you've done. God had a good picture for you. I'm here to tell you, you might feel like that you're disconnected right now, but you need to know that God is in the business of master building. He's in the business of reconnecting. It doesn't matter if you feel disconnected. What matters right now is are you gonna let the master builder hold your life? Because he will take that thing that seemed to be wild, wasteful and dark and bring light, life and increase. That's what God does. Maybe your life has lost meaning. I'm telling you, tonight it can be found. Maybe you've lost hope, it can be found. Maybe you've lost health, it can be found in Jesus' name. Maybe you've lost vitality. It can be found. How do we know this? Well, because John says in Revelation 21 too, he says this, he says, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. I love this. You know, the reason that we know that God is in the business of reconnecting is because he's come down. He's not a God that just stayed up like every other God, right? When we're in praise and worship, we're not putting our hands up to say, hey God, look at me, I'm good. Remember me, we're not doing that. It's a symbol of surrender. You gotta understand that uh, the psalmist says that God is here amongst his people. He always was actually, he actually never left. Right? You need to understand that God is here right now and you can experience in him for your life. There's one problem that I have with Christianity and it's this, heaven have a problem with heaven see I think sometimes subconsciously we preach this idea that you need to get Jesus in your life so that one day someday somewhere you'll go somewhere one day and you'll experience a time of, of you know uh, no pain and uh, no sorrow and uh, you know no more tears and you'll find peace and life is better and wholeness and we can see God but here's my problem with that idea is that the more and more I read about Jesus and what he did and the more and more I read about the early church and how they integrated in their community and the more and more I look at our church and how we're integrating into our community, the more and more I'm coming to the conclusion that heaven is not about there one day, someday, but heaven is actually about right here, right now. And that's what the book of Revelation is about. It's about bringing heaven here right now. Because God has come down here. He's encountering your world and our world now. He's establishing change now. As a church, we're to seek to remove hell out of circumstances now. We want to see heaven on earth now. And even Jesus agreed. He said, listen, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, you will be done just on earth as it is in heaven even Jesus is saying, hey, listen, that same authority that God has in heaven, pray that that same authority is here. The same light, life and increase that you find in heaven, pray that that light, life and increase crushes death, darkness and decrease here. That's what Jesus is saying to pray about. Because he knows that heaven isn't one day somewhere, somehow, but right here, right now. You need to know that the blessing of Christianity is not one day, but today is the day of salvation, right? Today of the day where everything becomes awesome. 
Everything is cool when you're part of God's team, right? <laughs> Teach, that was my audition for the worship team, okay? So, now, I'm not saying that when you become a Christian, all your problems disappear. That's what I'm saying. Life happens, right? But what I am saying is this that when you allow the master build, how are you going there, mate? It could be awkward for you. <laughs> no, you're doing well. He's doing well, isn't he? Give him a round of applause. Come on. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just like the Lord, his timing isn't my timing. It's all right. Right? When you get the master builder in your life, right? Peace is set it everywhere, right? It's not the picture. But when you get the master builder in your life, you can go through storms but still have faith. You can have joy through adversity. You can experience hope when the world seems dark. When all the pieces of your life seem like they're crushed and scattered and in the dark, God has the picture. God has the picture. And God is working on you and in you, putting things in place so that you're one step closer to the picture. You need to know that heaven is not one day. A relationship with God is not one day. It's now. You can experience hope now. You can experience the good things of life now, right? Because heaven is here. In fact, I love this sequence that that John has in this book when he says, you know, uh, you know, God's making this new heaven and this new earth. That's cool, you know. It speaks of a replacement of the old, you know. Uh, it, the, the old, it was wrecked, but, you know, he's, he's recreating. He's making it new. That's cool. But then John goes one step further and he goes, actually, you know, he's made it, but now it's coming down. That's cool. But I love this next step that John talks about. And he says this, he says, actually, not only was heaven remade, not only is it coming down, but now actually, actually it's living amongst you. He says, actually, actually God now is living amongst you. Actually, he's gonna live in you and through you. He says this in Revelation 21.3. He says, look, God's home is now amongst his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. You need to know that you are made to do good things. You need to know that. You were made to do good things things. You need to know that you're anointed to do good things in your world. See, what this is saying is this. It's saying that the church or the community, right, the community of believers, God's people, what it's saying is this, that we are to be the representatives of heaven. That's what it's saying. Okay, it's saying that we are now, uh, 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 you know, we have the passport, right? We have the identity, Right, we are the physical uh, manifestation of heaven. The church is to be a place where heaven exists. We're to be the people that have the best life now. Right? Now the picture might not all be created yet. It's not the point. The master builder's working on it. Right? But the point is this. The point is that we're supposed to have the best marriages. We're supposed to have the best kids. We're supposed to have the best material discipline. We're supposed to have the best wisdom and joy. When people on the outside look in, we should be in a position for them to want to come in. Because what they're seeing looks pretty good on the shelf. Right? That's who we're called to be. Because heaven is now here and it's in you. 
you are anointed to be a carrier of that breakthrough. You're anointed to bring heaven into hellish circumstances. You were designed by God to be a picture of a better life. Now, here's the thing. The enemy will do whatever he can to keep you disconnected. He will do whatever he can to keep you in a dark place, to keep the box closed. He will do whatever he can to keep you separated. He will do whatever he can to keep you from knowing that you can actually be like the picture. So here's the thing, right? When Jesus came to earth, the religious people of the day, they couldn't care less about Jesus, the son of Joseph. What really ticked them off was Jesus the Christ, the anointed one. The devil couldn't really care less about you, just normal you. You just just at your job. You just at uni. You just at home with the kids. He couldn't care less about that. But what really ticks him off is you when you're anointed. And you need to know that you are anointed. That's who you are, right? You are anointed. And and so here's the thing, right? He will throw things at you to get you confused, right? To take your mind off things. Because see, when you put your focus on what isn't in the picture yet, your perception crushes the promise of the picture. Okay? Let me say it a different way. If your perception is on the problems in your life, you always end up in that position of the problem. But if your perception is on the promise, then God gives you the provision, right? It's all found in God. You've got to understand, it doesn't matter if you feel disconnected. If you've got the master builder working on you, you're getting closer to the picture. And that's heaven. That's a good thing. And people are going to see your life being built and you're doing things better. And they're going to want to ask you, hey, why is that better in your life than mine? And that's when we go, I'm glad you asked. And you bring Jesus into things. You need to know that you are anointed to do good things. Luke 4, 18 to 19 says this. This is Jesus talking about himself. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, right? That which was broken, Jesus has come uh, to recreate. You need to understand that now that we are representatives of heaven, that same direction, that same uh, calling is on our lives. You are anointed to set prisoners free, right? I'm not talking about going to Wakehall, right, and trying to get bad guys out of the prisons. I'm talking about that you're anointed to go into hellish circumstances and free people from those things. I'm going to go off topic here. I was listening to a guy, um, famous psychologist, Jordan Peterson, talk about this, and he said, your religion should be private. And I was offended at that. I was thinking, no, heaven isn't private. Christianity is not a private thing. When you have found the God of the universe putting together broken people, I need to tell people about that. I'm anointed for that. Even Paul says, you know, who can hear the gospel unless there's a preacher? You know, (laughs) that's what our life is about. We're anointed to go out and be an influence. Find people who you can just say, hey, listen, you can get a better picture for your life. 
you know, find people that feel disconnected and connect them, reconnect them. That is our job. You're anointed. Jesus says this, he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name, which means this, right? Um, He's saying, Jesus is saying, listen, I chose you to produce. So in order to do that, whatever you need to produce good things, to recreate humanity, I'll give you. So if you need strength, he'll give you strength. If you need boldness, he'll give you boldness. If you need finances for missions, he'll give you finances for missions. Whatever you need in Jesus' name that will rebuild and recreate humanity because heaven is in you, when you ask for and pray for it, God will give you those things. He provides for you because God is in the business of making things new, bringing them down and then living amongst His people. You need to understand that you have the authority to recreate life. You have it. Power of life is in the tongue. Right? You get to recreate life. Don't think you're just a religious person (laughs) who comes to a church every Sunday because it's just your religion. No, it's not a religion. It's a calling. It's a destiny. It's a relationship with Jesus. And you have the power to change people over that. You have the power to speak life. You have the power to, to give generously. You have the power to intercede. You have the power to forgive and to create opportunities for forgiveness. You have the power to heal. You have the power to be kind. Man, you have the power to get on your knees and allow heaven to give you opportunities. You have that power. It's in you. You're anointed for that. That, my friends, is the picture. The picture for your life is actually a life of influence. It's a life of salvation. It's a life of leading people to the master builder so that he can keep recreating because that's the heaven thing to do. At the very end, John records Jesus saying this. Jesus says, look, look, stop being distracted. Look, I'm making everything new. Man, that's powerful. Everything, like everything, You're making everything new, Lord? Far out. You need to understand. You might be broken here tonight. It's easy for Jesus to recreate because he makes everything new. You might doubt yourself, you know, about being a person of influence, of spiritual influence. You might have doubts about yourself and, you know, fear of man, whatever. You need to know that Jesus makes all things new. He can give you that confidence, that power, that authority. He's doing it through you. He makes all things new through you and I. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast.